Hey, welcome to the Resolve Podcast, episode number 42. I'm Carly Tisano, a New Year's resolution coach obsessed with all things goal setting, personal development, coaching, and of course, resolutions. One of my biggest goals is to help you reach yours. I'm here to provide the tools, support, and inspiration you need to reach your goals this year and every year, and to feel supported every day along the way. Today, we are welcoming back on the podcast our first ever returning guest. My friend Heidi is coming back to share an update on all of her goals. And of course, I'm going to give an update on all of my goals. And we're going to talk about accountability and the importance of having accountability, not just at the beginning of the year when you tell someone all the amazing things you're going to accomplish, but all throughout the year, that part is also very important. And of course, she'll be back at the end of the year too to share where we ended up, how we did on all of our lists, because accountability plays a very important role at the end of the year too. So Heidi, welcome back. Thank you, Carly. It's good to be back. I'm looking forward to hearing how your goal aspect of the year has gone. I know. I'm so excited to hear yours too. Because we were doing the podcast this year, we have been hiding our lists from each other, like not sharing too many (laughs) updates. We even were talking earlier this week and kind of started to like dip our toes in the water. And then we're like, no, no, we have to stop. We have to save this for the podcast. So you guys are going to hear our unfiltered thoughts, enthusiasm, struggles, all the things as we go through our lists. And I've actually missed talking about it with you because generally we talk about it pretty often, I think, throughout the year that it'll come up. We definitely talk about it a lot. It's the background conversation topic that always just pops up. And it's fun because then we get to celebrate how the other person's doing. And you have that extra strategy assistance if you're really struggling with something. But I think a lot of the time it's just celebratory. We'll be like, I finished X on my list. And the other person will be like, yay. Or we'll be like, I seriously have to get this done. Like, how do I do it? (laughs) What's next? How do I do it tomorrow? Exactly. Yeah. Follow up with me. Make sure I did this thing. So (laughs) it has been sad not being able to do that, but I think it's going to be fun diving into everything today for our listeners and the end of the year too is going to be great. And I'm excited to share all the things and it's coming up now because today is July 4th. So of course, happy 4th of July, if you're listening on the day this episode comes out, but we just passed two days ago, July 2nd, which interestingly, I learned this from Gretchen Rubin, who Heidi and I both adore, but I never realized that July 2nd was considered halfway day, like halfway through the year. I didn't either. How did I miss that? Yeah, it's such an interesting conception. And of course, as a lover of January 1st, like I should know when the halfway point is what halfway through the year actually is. But I really had just never heard that term before, that idea, or anyone ever talk about halfway day. Have you? No, I haven't. I love that though, because then you have a specific day to celebrate or reassess versus it just being like, we're generally about halfway through the year, but it's also the worst time of the year to, I don't, it's the time of the year where you really need a specific day, I think, to review because everything changes so much in the summer or you're going on a vacation or whatever. Yeah, that's so true. It's definitely a season of transition and it's a transition into a non-routine as opposed to like the beginning of the year or the start of the school year when I think you're transitioning into a routine. So things begin to feel more settled as opposed to summer, which generally has other activities and more holidays and you want to spend more time outside and hopefully fit in a vacation, like you said. So it is a bit more unusual. So it is nice to have that center point to know this is the time that I'm going to check in. I'm halfway through. (laughs) Uh, And I've always, I guess, doesn't make any sense, but I've always thought of June as the halfway point of the year. Like, so yeah, in June, you're like halfway through, but <laughs> no, it's July 2nd. 
Uh, I also find that I'm much more motivated and on top of my goals in January, obviously. And then I'm good for about three months. And then September, because it's like the new year, and then I'm good for the last bit of the year. But by the time you reach September, if you've really fallen off in April, or at least when I have really fallen off in <laughs> April, then it feels like six months of the year has gone by and I haven't been able to have that fresh start reassessment feel. So I like that about July 2nd. I'm going to have to make sure it's a permanent part of my calendar now. Yeah, it's a good one. Okay, without further ado, let's start with your word of the year. So my word of the year is faithfulness. And I had two broader areas that I wanted to focus on faithfulness. I have 11 habits I was working on incorporating and 11 goals. And all of those goals were related to tidying up some areas of my life or lessening some areas of my life. So I have this like lessening aspect and this faithfulness aspect. So the first half of it with the habits is what's gotten the most focus or the most of my thought space Mm. for these first six months of the year. And I've had some successes and I've also not started on some of them at all. (laughs) My first one, I feel like I've had the biggest success with reading, which I've had that 26 book goal for the last, I think this is the fourth year where I've had 26 books in a year goal. And I've read 22 so far. Wow. That's awesome. It's crazy. 16 of them are audiobooks though. Audiobooks count. They do count. But I have a personal rule where I like to make sure that audiobooks don't take over more than 50% of Mm. my reading. So that works because I have a stack of books I want to make sure that I get read in the next six weeks or so before I move. So that'll help to balance that out some. And listening to all of the Harry Potter audiobooks definitely helped with that number. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. So are you going to up the number or you're still going to say 26, but at least 13 have to be physical books? Oh, that's a great question. I definitely have thought of that, but I never actually concluded that. (laughs) See, this is what happens when you talk about it with someone else. You're like, oh yeah, that's what I just said. But when you look at it a different way, it's a totally different approach or perspective. Yeah. No, I probably will up it. I haven't decided the number yet though. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll go up to 40. We'll see. I do, with all those that I'm trying to get read though, I am going to try the strategy of reading one page a day, which is not enough to get through all those books, but I know that just the habit of opening up the book and reading it, odds are I'll read a chapter. That's usually what I end up doing, or I'll read more. And it'll always be like something I'm always thinking of to pick up the book. It's that the gateway habit of, I just have to pick up the book and read one page and then whatever's going to follow will follow. And I like that too, because 26 books in the year, that's two a month, plus or minus Mm -hmm. two. And even 40, like that's three a month, plus or minus four. So it's not an inconceivable increase in your goal. You're just like one more book a month, which you're obviously on a great track for that. (laughs) And I'm going to a reading college where we have to read mostly smaller books instead Mm -hmm. of like textbooks where you read several chapters or something. So that'll be an easy way to up that number. Yeah, that's true. Okay, what's next? So vitamins was something I wanted to get better at. And I had a good like 60 day-ish streak. And Mm. then I fell off the wagon. So that was (laughs) encouraging. It was good. I definitely have felt better. So I just need to get better at, I have identified the habit at the root of it. And that's to restock my pillbox. Okay. Because if I do that, I take it just fine, but I just have to remember to restock. So I'm going to get better at that. So when does that happen? That's what I haven't 
figured out yet. Like when it naturally fits? When it naturally fits in. Hmm. And I probably just need to do it when I think about it because it actually takes three minutes. Yeah. Or you just need to tie it to something like something else you do once a week or like whenever you shower, like it's already in the bathroom while the water's heating up or just connecting it with something else. That would work. Okay. I will think of something I can tie it to. I love pairing habits. Yes. Pairing. Your recent episode about pairing habits. (laughs) I loved it. I was like, that's my favorite habit strategy. Yes. It works so well. But people only use it really when they're like, and I listen to podcasts at the gym, but no, you can use pairing for so much. Yes. Yes. So then after that, I was working on German. I wanted to keep practicing German and I had a good 60 day-ish streak. January through March was very consistent on Duolingo. And then I fell off the wagon again and I picked out a show on Netflix I want to watch this year. It's a pretty short one, but I love watching shows in the language that I'm learning. It just, I don't know, just the feeling of the language kind of Mm -hmm. envelops you that way a little bit more. And I picked out a couple poems I'm very haltingly memorizing because that just gives me the opportunity to just speak the language Mm -hmm. without having to put together little words about the dog running around the house or something. Right. My Bible and prayer habit, which is the one that I feel is most important, I've been okay with that one. Not great. So that's one I'm definitely going to work on. And I have a couple thoughts on that one, but I'm pairing it with a couple others. So I'll mention Mm. that more in a minute. Yeah. And then working out, I was pretty good January through February. Not bad in March. And every now and then I'll have a week or two where I'll just fall off the wagon and I try to have to get back on again. And starting is the hardest part of any habit. And it's really hard with workout habits because I don't like them. Mm-hmm. So keeping on trying, I think, has been my biggest win as far mm-hmm. as that goes. Because just starting took me much longer than I would like to admit over the last couple years. And just being able to restart again every few weeks when I've fallen off or whatever has just made that not as difficult, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I have some thoughts on how to make it easier, but adjusting my mindset has been the most helpful part of this first half of the year, I think. Yeah. And I wouldn't view it as like falling off the wagon every couple of weeks. I would view it as that's just maybe the routine or the habit of working out that you've established already is that you have two or three weeks where you work out and then you have a week or two where maybe it's a little lighter or you don't as much. And then you are transitioning back in. And just because it's cyclical or whatever, doesn't mean you're falling off the wagon and having to start over from the beginning. It's just, that's the routine and habit you've established. And maybe that's the routine or habit you want. Maybe it's not. And if it's not, then just figuring out how to increase maybe the week or two where it isn't up to where you want it to be, or just recognizing maybe those are the weeks your body needs a bit more rest. That's a helpful way of thinking about it because then it's still like a part of my life. It's just a part of my life in that way. And so right. it's a part of my life and not a part of my life. Because there are the people who go to the gym like five hours every day. And then there's the people who go like once a week and both people can consider themselves to be people who are fit or people who work out. It's just whatever they've decided that standard is. Mm-hmm. So you get to decide it too. <laughs> Yay, freedom. <laughs> my favorite idea right now, just to get some more movement in my life is to try and go for a walk every morning when I get up, just mm. to put on my shoes and go for a walk. I haven't tried it yet, but I think that'll be a nice way to just get out of bed in the morning in a safe way. Cause I had a lot of waking up in the morning with kind of like, just like a freeze response. I don't know what it was, but it would just be 
really hard to get up in the morning or the mornings would feel really unsafe somehow to my mind or my body. And that's gone away a lot this year, which has been really nice. But I think that waking up and getting out of bed immediately and going for a walk is just going to help to reinforce that we're safe and we can get out of bed and do something productive. And Hmm. yeah. And being in natural daylight was probably good for circadian rhythm and stuff. Yes. And even that idea of this sounds like an enjoyable or fun way to move my body and get exercise. That's very different than you being like, I hate working out. I've never (laughs) been able to get into it. So even that mindset of this could be something I could enjoy is pretty transformational. It's been, yeah, that's my favorite part of it so far this year. Okay. What's next? Next is sleeping more. I've generally been sleeping more. So yay, I'm glad I can report that since that was the one that you were like, definitely put it on your list. Yeah, I have gotten way fewer texts from you at like three in the morning this year, I will admit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and when I put that goal on my list, I was trying to remember when the last time was that I actually went to bed before midnight and I couldn't Mm -hmm. think of it. And this year I've had many nights where I've just voluntarily gone to bed before midnight, or maybe I've even gone to bed early. Or if I need to let myself sleep in a little bit more and do that, wake up just before I need to go to work, giving myself grace for that because I probably had just pushed my body really hard by staying up till two for a few nights. So it probably needed to sleep in till eight. So that mindset shift has been really freeing as well. And I think that's going to help me as I just dig into the habit a bit more for Mm. the rest of this year from a better perspective. I'm also going to change my goal from trying to sleep for eight hours to seven hours Mm. because I definitely am probably going to hit the seven hour mark more. And it was annoying me to go to bed seven and a half hours before my alarm needed to go or whatever. So Mm. that's like a silly change, but it'll make a difference to me. Something that I did too is because I've sleep has been super important to me. I didn't put it on my goal list this year, but I was like, I cannot function if I don't get eight hours of sleep to do all the things that I expect myself to be able to do. So I was just thinking about this last night though, because I was having some trouble falling asleep. And I was like, it's not so much that I really need to be asleep for eight hours, but I want to be in bed for eight hours. Like I want to have that expectation for myself that I'm giving myself this time to rest. And if for any reason I can't fall asleep, okay, whatever. I'm not going to stress about it, but I would like to be in my comfortable bed with all my blankets, enjoying (laughs) that for at least eight hours. (laughs) I like that. That is a smart goal because even then, if I still haven't read my book for the evening, Mm. my one page, there we go. I can read for a little Mm. bit. Okay. What's next? Making my bed when I get up. That's become fairly habitual. So that's nice. And it goes along with a random habit that I decided to shove in there, like a bonus habit. But the bonus one was like a gateway habit. And I think it's become my favorite habit this year. And that's tidying up for 15 minutes when I walk in the door Mm. after work or my activities are done for the day. Because you can get a lot done in 15 minutes and 15 minutes is not long and it just lets me reset and decompress after a day of work. And so I just turn on some music and I set a timer and everything is easier when everything is in its spot. So... That's so true. And I tend to do that too, because I find like when I'm coming home, I still have momentum of whatever I was doing out in the world. Mm -hmm. So I can do the tidying. But if I come home and make dinner and have dinner or sit down and watch TV, there is no way after that I'm going (laughs) to have the energy to like wind back up and clean my apartment. It's just not going to (laughs) happen. So I've done that off and on a lot. And Mm, I think that if I was to do that like every single day, then it would be an easy time to make sure that some peripheral chores I'm not getting done can happen or my budgeting could even probably happen in 15 minutes. So I'm really excited about the potential of that habit. 
that expanded make my bed in the morning when I wake up type habit. I've oh, done nothing good. with my stretches goal and oh, yeah. I've done nothing with my track spending goal. I think my first step is just to decide how I'm going to do it and then to decide what my goal is with the whole endeavor. And when I've figured out those two things, it'll be a lot easier to get started. Those two things for those two things? Actually, yeah, both of those two things. And I've had pretty similar experiences with both of those two, especially stretching, because it was on my goal list for a year or two. And I had such a hard time too, like even with a reminder that would come up exactly after my alarm went off, like every morning, because you're like, what does stretching really mean? Yes. <laughs> when do like? I know I've accomplished it? Exactly. But yeah, I think you're so right. If you can outline like why you want to implement it or integrate it into your life and what you do want it to look like, whatever that may be, then that's going to help get those two accomplished. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. What was your last habit? My last one was obeying app limits on my phone. And I'm still unsure if that is something I'd like to do, but my mm-hmm. goal with that articulated habit was to spend less time on apps that were just consuming spare minutes or just way too much time. And I figured out that I like to delete apps better. Mm-hmm. So I'll go through a spurt and I'll just delete all media apps off my phone. I'll delete off Instagram. I even had Instagram gone for about a month and I thought that I would miss it terribly and I forgot about it, which was Mm. freeing because it was just felt like too much of a staple in my life. I'll delete YouTube that way as well. So I think that might be my strategy is to just delete the apps because then when I don't see them, I'm not going to open them and I'll presumably download them again. Just the act of downloading them is too much for my lazy brain. So unless I'm really going to need it, that's working out okay. So I'm happier with how my apps have been. Yeah, I like that. Some of the overall strategies I was using for my habits were the apps. I know I mentioned an app that I was going to try at the beginning of the year. I found two other ones I liked better, and I used both of them for a while just to figure out what I liked. Hmm. And one's just called Habit Tracker. And you can find it on the app store. It's like a little pink box with a check mark in a circle. And I really like that one. It acts a little bit like a bullet journal almost, the way that you can view like a week or a month or a year at a time. Mm. So that one's nice to use. I think Streaks, just Streaks, which is like the editor's choice app on the Apple App Store. So it's like an orangey pink color. One out because it sends reminders to my Apple Watch. And I can even Mm. check it off as done from my Apple Watch. That's nice. So that one's nice. I've liked that one a lot. And I've treated it a little bit like a tally system. You recommended I use a tally system instead of like Mm. streaks. And I realized that doing it on a whiteboard on my wall was something I was going to forget. But if it's on my phone, whether it's building up a streak or it's just building up a tally, I can see a month at a glance that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then some other habit pairing I've been doing has been that get home reset. And so I've been tidying then, but also I think I'm going to try and fit in my workout then because I'm still on the go. Mm -hmm. And also if I've missed my Bible and prayer in the morning, which is probably the hardest part with that habit is if I miss it, I don't remember to put it in later. Mm. I'll probably do that then as well. So I'm curious to see how that habit pairing works out and I'll have to uh, remind me that's my okay. idea. Okay. And I have the goals side of things. And I have not gone through my computer apps or files yet, but my poor aging computer really needs me to do that. <laughs> that should be fun though. It won't be, it's not a big deal. I just have a lot of files I have to take care of. I've gone through my phone apps, but I haven't gone through files that I have on there. Hmm. I have not 
gotten my email inboxes to zero. Actually, I have gotten one, one to zero, but I have four of them. <laughs> I went through my Instagram feed. That was my January one easy, easy checkoff. Yeah. So that one's done. I, I'm curious for that one. Like what criteria did you use when like unfollowing or muting to my Instagram feed? Yeah. I don't typically unfollow like people that I know, like even right. people that are like old high school friends, I like to keep them. So that's an easy category to just, I don't really come through that one at all. I think as I was just scrolling through accounts, if it was something that was still feeding my life and the direction that I'm heading in right now, mm. then I'd leave it. But it had to be like a really quality mm. one where I was really benefiting from it because otherwise there's just too much coming into my feed and I'm not really paying attention to everything right. that I'm seeing. Mm. So it's just like the feeling that I had more than anything as yeah. I like looked at their account. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've gone through some of the storage at my parents' house and I am going to try and do maybe the rest of that this weekend. And I've gone through my memory box. It's a little too full still. So I want to do a really quick once over again. I haven't gone through my clothes because I have clothes, some clothes in storage that were just a different size for me. And I think because I'm continuing to work on this goal of being more active, I'm not sure how my body is going to adjust once I do that. And so it seems pretty not a wise idea to go through my clothes just yet. So I think I'm going to actually put that one off until next year. Okay. But I do need to go through my clothes to decide what I'm taking to school. So I'll yes. still leave that on my list. I haven't gone through my personal files yet. I've gone through my teaching supplies, my music teaching supplies, as much as I can. I still have a couple days of teaching left, but I've gone through most of that. And I went through all of the speech coaching supplies that I have, and that was really sad, but also it was good to finally go through and organize it all. So I have a speech book that I can always pull out again mm -hmm. if that becomes a part of my life again. And I have not organized our music library at my parents' house, but I know my mom will appreciate me doing that before I leave. So I'll probably get that done in the next couple months too. So not a lot of progress on my goals yet, but even though I didn't tell you what I had gotten done or not a couple months ago, I remember complaining about it. Maybe it was like the first week of May and I was like, I've done like nothing, Carly. And you said, remember that you weren't going to have a lot of time for much of this stuff until like June, July. And so that was very encouraging to me. Mm -hmm. So thank you for being the accountability person who could remind me that I wasn't really going to have time for it later. And now I'm excited to be working on it a lot more. I know just have July left now, but it'll be good. Yeah. And I think that's so true of like goals in general. And that's why I love resolutions, right? Because you can look ahead at the year and be like, these months are going to be busy or those months I'm going to be gone. Or you can just anticipate a lot of what's going to happen and what the pattern of the year is probably going to look like. And then you can just plan what you're going to accomplish accordingly, but you still have the whole year. So you can get a lot done in a year. And so it's understandable that you could get all of these things done, but most of them may not happen till summer or until your kids go back to school in the fall or whatever it may be. And that's all okay. It's all part of it. And even now we're only halfway through the year and you've accomplished a lot and you can accomplish a lot too in the second half of the year. Yeah. Like it's, or it's in all possible. Even things out across the year very well, but yeah. <laughs> and that doesn't matter though. 
Yeah, no, it's nice. It's not it's how nice. it works. <laughs> yeah, you don't get points for achieving your goals in an evenly distributed manner. There's no bonus points for that. That's like what the whole year is for. Exactly. The whole year. Yeah, that's why we package it in a year instead of, I don't know, individually or in any other form. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Okay, my word of the year was alignment. And I will say it's probably my favorite word of the year I've had because it's the one that's come up the most. And I mentioned, I did a cursory update a few months ago when I was talking about how I set goals, what that process actually looks like, how I make progress and work on things individually. So I did get a little bit of an update. So you have a little bit, that was episode 29 when I gave a, like a behind the scenes glimpse, but of course today we're diving into it on a different level. But I mentioned then that I was kind of reading my word of the year or I had drifted to like the back burner. And so I made a iPhone background that was bringing it more front of mind. I actually, I'm not using that anymore because I didn't feel like I needed it. I feel like I have gotten into alignment and there've just been a lot of really cool moments throughout the year that I've been able to share with people when just circumstances or things I'm learning or people I've met have just aligned with something else. And so it's been fun to have that framework that I already wanted to integrate and just seeing how it naturally integrated was really cool. And that's the fun part about having a word of the year. And then inspired by you, I broke my goals into two categories as well. So I had activities and achievements. So my activities were much more centered on fun to kind of balance out some of the achievements that I knew were going to take like more work and effort. And I've managed to get more of those completed. So I tried cryotherapy in a sensory deprivation tank. I got those done on the same day. I just took myself on a little adventure and that was a lot of fun. Was it overwhelming to get them both done on the same day? (laughs) It's funny because I had brought that up with people when I was testing the waters to see if anyone I knew had any interest in doing either of them with me? And the answer was no. (laughs) And I would bring that up. I was like, so do you think it's too much to go in a like refrigerator that's negative 148 degrees and then go float in a tank that's, (laughs) I don't even know how warm it is, but it's very lukewarm, salty water. And then is your, is that too much for your body to experience in one day? And people were like, yeah, that's a lot. That was pretty much the universal response. But then I just decided for myself, I do not want to make this haul of it's two hours or an hour and a half. I don't want to go twice. I'm just going to do them both in the same day. And they were like right down the street from each other. So ignoring conventional wisdom from friends and family. (laughs) Yeah. It didn't really bug me that much. It was just like one thing. And then I went and got coffee and did the other and my body handled it just fine. (laughs) Yeah. Bodies are resilient, I think. And then taking a trip with a friend. So I have the trip planned. I have yet to actually buy tickets and everything. Okay. Riding out the waves of prices right now. It's not too much of a hassle. I'm planning the trip for October though. So by the time we get to the end of the year, it'll be done. And then (laughs) taking a typing class. So this was one of those things where I just like dove in. I didn't do too much research and maybe I should have because I found this program and it worked super well and it was free. And I started like super early in the year. I just had afternoon in January was like, I have nothing to do. I might as well work on typing. So I did. And the program helped a lot. And I got to the point where I was figuring I must be like somewhere close to the end of this program. I've done a hundred levels. It's it reintegrated all the letters with the right fingers. I should be on track to be done. And then I clicked somewhere else to zoom out on the entire program. And there's 650 little lessons you can do. 
And I'm to the point where I have relearned every key and the right finger and I just need to keep practicing. So I haven't officially checked this one off, but I'm also not sure I'm going to go all the way to 650 levels. I don't know that's necessary, Okay, but I just need to keep practicing. What do you think I have to get to level 650 to check this off? Oh, I don't know. I think you have permission to do it until you don't feel like it's going to benefit you anymore. It sounds like it's a system that's structured to give you like a lot of extra practice too so i think it's when you're taking a different type of course and they give you like practice questions right. if you need the help yeah i think you can have permission to not do all 650 okay. but my question is have you actually <laughs> integrated your new typing habits into your everyday life i knew or you were gonna ask that and the answer is a resounding no because <laughs> i'm so much slower like realistically typing that way as opposed to whatever slipshod way i've managed to get like this far typing the rest of my life. And I would have to work on it a lot to get to the point where it is so integrated in my brain that it is mm-hmm. what I naturally do. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to keep practicing, but I can, I have found like, I do slip into this other version of me who does type very well. So if I'm thinking about it and working on my typing, it's no problem. Like my fingers know where to go, but if I'm like writing a paper or sending an email, my fingers have a different pattern they like to follow and it's much faster, but does not entail like my pinky clicking very many keys. <laughs> okay. In that case, maybe you do want to keep working on that typing program. Yes. So it becomes even more a part of your muscle memory. Yes. I will definitely keep working on it and report back at the end of the year. So it? random. Good. And I'll definitely be curious how that goes. Random question. Have you ever heard of the Dvorak keyboard? It looks like Dvorak, but no. apparently they don't pronounce it that way. So it's actually arranged. I learned about this just the other day. It's arranged for actually peak efficiency. The way our QWERTY keyboard is arranged is actually arranged to slow down our typing speed. It was, yeah, it was because typewriters, if you typed too fast on a typewriter, it would jam. And so they divided it all out to slow everyone down so typewriters wouldn't jam. But now all of our keyboards are arranged this way to slow us down a little bit. That's very frustrating. <laughs> okay, I'm going to have to look into that. It's it's not going to change anything because I have a QWERTY keyboard on my laptop and computer. You'd have to get a new keyboard and you'd have to like right. entirely change how your brain worked. But apparently it can speed you up a lot. Interesting. I will look at that. That's very fascinating. I don't know if it's worth it. <laughs> That's like a very systemic change, but it, it would be interesting to at least see that. See what the most efficient keyboard arrangement is. That reminds yeah. me of a book I read It was the most boring book, but the idea was why the alphabet is arranged the way it is. And that reminds me of that, except like even more baseless because who cares what order the alphabet is in, as opposed to a keyboard that's arranged for efficiency. Who decided the alphabet was arranged a certain way? I read the entire book and I have no (laughs) idea. I still don't remember. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Start going to the gym again. Yes. Did that. Check that one off. You're doing great on it. Thank you. Yes. It has definitely become part of my routine. And then I originally had See the Northern Lights, which I was going to do on a trip to Alaska that I took in February for many reasons, mostly weather related. It did not work out, which is fine. And I talked a little bit back in that earlier episode about how the intention of this goal was to be a fun thing to do. And so instead of stressing about it, I decided I wanted to keep it a fun thing to do. And so I switched it to something else. And this kind of reminds me of what you were talking about. I need to figure out why I want to stretch and track my spending. Mm -hmm. 
it's the same thought behind this. I had to come back to why I wanted to do that to determine whether it was going to be something that I tried to make happen or not. So in this case, I decided I'm going to let that one go for now. I'll get it done at some point in the future, whether it's this year or not. And I decided to go to a national hockey league game instead, which was something I'd been wanting to do. And that was so much fun. I'm already planning to go again when the new season starts and then go on a dog sled, which I did do when I was in Alaska and visit hot springs, which I also did in the snow. It was so cool. And then get a faux tattoo. I have done this now and I have a few more to use as the summer progresses. Unfortunately here in the Pacific Northwest, our weather has been ridiculous. So (laughs) I have had very little reason to use them yet because there has been no sunshine and thus no reason to wear anything that would make them evident at all. So all that to say (laughs) it's done, but in progress. What do you think of the experiment so far? It's been interesting. I haven't, well, actually what's most interesting is I ordered these tattoos and then someone pointed out to me that each one corresponded to artwork that I have in my house. (laughs) So I was like, clearly I have consistent taste. So that was good, but I don't love any of them enough to be like, I'm going to permanently embed this into my body, but we'll see. Okay. Yeah. And then go to the movies once a month with someone else. That one has been a really fun goal. I've really enjoyed that. Both getting to see a movie, which I had been really out of the habit of doing probably since COVID, and then doing it with someone else and having that shared experience and getting to talk about movies and plan outings with other people has been a lot of fun. I even went to the movies. I didn't count this, but I also went to the movies by myself for the first time, which isn't that big. That was an interesting experience. Yeah. I'd never gone by myself. It was fun. I liked it. I went for the first time by myself in March or something like that. And it was definitely a unique experience, but it wasn't as weird as I thought it would have been. (laughs) And it was kind of nice. I was like, I could do this again, but the goal remains to keep going once a month with other people, which I've done. And then finally, my final activity was the one that I like the most, which is to read books. I like more. Very curious how that's going. It's going interestingly. So I love it because I am reading more books that I like more and I am stopping books that I don't like as much. Like this morning, literally I was six minutes into this audiobook and I was like, mm, no, not going to happen. There have been books where I've gotten like two or three hours in and then been like, mm, no, not going to happen. <laughs> so I have quite a list now of both finished books and partially finished books. I've made myself like keep a list that way I can like not waste this time and return to these books later if I want to, but <laughs> most likely I won't because I did not enjoy them enough to finish them in the first place. And I found it solely predicated, both my rating system and this goal are predicated on how excited I am to keep reading a book. Mm. If I'm dreading it or I'll play music instead, or I just get up to do something and don't bother to put the audiobook on, or I avoid sitting down to pick up the book, then I know it's not actually a book that I want to finish. So that's been the key factor, I think, in determining what book's I keep reading because I'm curious to find out what's going to happen next or to learn more about this topic. And it's been a good differentiator. Oh, good. Good. That makes a lot of sense because if you're avoiding it, then obviously you aren't enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. Are you reading less though? No, I'm reading more, which is fascinating to me. Yeah. It's also, I will say now, because I go to the gym that adds like two hours of audiobook listening that I can do every day. So that's part of it too. But I do think that because I'm excited to read or to keep reading the majority of things that I read, there are some that I'm like, this is an okay book and I'll finish it because I want to learn more about this topic. But most books I am genuinely more interested in. So I will do some baking so I can listen to it some more, or I will sit down and read a little bit more because I want to keep going. So I do find more opportunities to read the books that I like more. 
I'm so, glad to hear that. Because yeah. I remember you being a little worried that maybe you had exhausted some of your favorite authors mm. or genres or you weren't going to find enough. But you're reading more than ever. That is fantastic. I am. And I'm delving deeper into those genres. I'm just letting it be okay, though. Right now, I'm interested in these topics or I like this genre. And so I'm going to read all of it. And my poor Goodreads people but <laughs> see me reading like one of the same books after the other. Uh, okay. And then my achievements. So the first one was to watch Ted Lasso, which I have not done. I do plan to start it this summer, but I have not started it yet. Okay. I also feel like the hype around it has totally died down. Like, no one's talked about it forever. That's just because there's not a new season out yet. Yeah. yeah. Is there one coming out this year? I actually don't know, yeah. but I'm pretty sure that another season's coming. It's been that successful. Right. I'm You're sure there is. Okay. Yeah. So I'll get that one done. And then what to watch Frasier, which a friend told me I should do. And I have done, I have checked that one off. That was a fun show. All of Frasier. How many seasons I did. Frasier? It's 11. Yeah. Okay. It's long, but, and I found though, I need to have a 20 minute funny show to watch and a 40 minute heavier show to watch. I mm. really can't have one or the other because there's some nights when I only have time for one 20 minute episode. And then there's some nights where I can watch like a couple 40 minute episodes or it'll depend on my mood. So Frasier was a great short, funny, witty. It reminded me also of Big Bang Theory, which I love okay. because Big Bang Theory is very scientific. And so Frasier had a lot of psychological humor, which was enjoyable. Interesting. Yeah. And it was set in Seattle, of course, which I adore. I didn't know that either. Isn't it the yes. companion show to Cheers? Yes. So I have watched a few episodes of Cheers too. Because people were like, you're watching Frasier, but you haven't seen Cheers. How can you do that? So it is an enjoyable show as well. And then get TSA pre-check. That was my quick check off in January that I did. Oh, so nice. I haven't flown a ton this year, but I have flown several times. And TSA pre-check is such a miracle. I adore it so much. How much time did you have to put into doing that? How long did it take? You just had to make an appointment and then you went to this place and got photographed and fingerprinted. And then they run a background check, which I think takes two weeks and then you get it. And I think it's for five years, at least the Avenue we went, there's a couple different programs that are equivalent to TSA pre-check, but uh, it is so nice. Nice. Yeah. I am very excited to have that. And then, okay. The next two are like fitness related. So to do 50 pushups at one time and to run an eight minute mile. So both of these are close ish. So yes. I can do 50 girl pushups on my knees and I can do 35 to 40 without my knees. So I'm close, but 50 is a lot. Like when you count to 50, that is a lot of numbers. <laughs> <laughs> and then the fastest I've done so far is an 806 mile. So pretty close, but You're not six quite. Seconds away. Yeah. So Good both sure. of them I'm on track, but they don't get check marks quite yet. Okay. And then getting new shoes. I'm so behind on this one. I have found a few pairs of shoes that I like on Amazon or other places that I've saved, but I have not purchased any of them. So my shoe collection is looking worse and worse by the day. I'm embarrassed to put on half of my shoes because they're so bad. <laughs> Maybe um, step one is to get rid of the shoes you shouldn't be oh, wearing anymore because then you will have a need in your life. That's true. That's true. But I, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're right. I need to think about that. Okay. And then get a robot vacuum. That one, I decided I'm going to wait till Black Friday mm. per okay. like when it will probably be on sale. So will happen by the time we talk next. It hasn't happened yet, but you have a plan for it. Exactly. I know it's going to happen. And I know when it's going to happen, It's just, we haven't gotten there yet. Get a puffer coat. Yes. I love it. Got it before Alaska. Spent a lot of money on a nice one, but I'm glad that I did. And I wear it every day. So totally worthwhile investment for where we live <laughs> using all my gift cards. So this is Any? another one that's yes. I have used some, I have used some. 
Yes. I have not used all by any means, especially going to the movies has helped. Like now I'll go to some coffee shops over others. If I have gift cards, uh, some gift cards that were like such a pain, especially like the visa $50 ones. I'm like, Oh, they are. What do you do with this? So it's quite a hassle some of the time, but gift cards are free money basically. So I am still in the process of using them. Okay. And working on my mindset around them. Cause that's really what the big hangup is all about anyway. Okay, good. Well, it should be a fun one. So yes. Glad yes. It's been really well. Yeah. Okay. And then my big two are to publish my book. So that one is very on track. I have very few edits left to make, and then it's really just formatting and printing. So it is getting very close which is exciting. And then to graduate grad school. So I am halfway through, which feels <laughs> crazy and so good. And yeah, I'm on track to graduate in December. There were a few times this year when I was like, well, maybe I'll take a slightly different path and slow it down or do things a little bit differently. But I decided, nope, this goal is going to stay as originally formulated. So I'm still pressing on and it's exciting. It's a lot of work, but it is very exciting. Are you still glad you decided to do it in a year? Yes. Oh Yeah. I just don't really doubt my ability on stuff like that because I know I can just put in the work or find the time to make it happen. And so to me, stretching it out sounds way worse than buckling down and getting it done. Mm. Yeah. So I'm very glad that I'm not stretching it out or following the general timetable. Mm. So yeah, that is cool. on track too. So that is where we are with our goals. I loved hearing about yours. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad I got to finally hear your episode. <laughs> I know. And our listeners got a clear line into what an actual accountability conversation looks like between us. Lots of suggestions or ideas or advice or questioning, probing deeper into things, a little bit of explanations and justification about why we are where we are. (laughs) But it's so fun to be able to engage in that way and just to talk about these things and to realize at the beginning of the year, zero of these things had been checked off or they weren't integrated into our life. And this is how far we've been able to come in half a year. That's a pretty pretty good good progress in half a year. Yes. Okay. So we're virtually toasting each other, but I want to talk a little bit more because our resolve to today for listeners is to check in with whoever's providing accountability for them. So it could be an app, like if you're going that route or maybe a group, but if you have a friend or a family member who is providing that accountability to you, then I encourage you to resolve to check in with them, to do an update like this. You don't have to take quite as much time as we did. You don't have to be as vulnerable, or you could be more vulnerable if that's something that you want to do, or if that corresponds with your goals, but take the time, especially now that we're halfway through the year to do a check-in to see where you're at. And then as you saw through our conversation to determine what steps you need to take in order to keep moving forward or to be on track or when the certain things that you want to make happen are going to happen. But I'm curious, Heidi, where, or in what way do you think that accountability helps you the most? I think that accountability helps me the most in maintaining my energy Mm. and just that forward motion, because for us, at least this accountability just looks like two friends who are either heading in a similar direction or with the same like amount of energy or care about some of the same stuff, just checking in and like being on a similar team or being on each other's cheerleading Mm. sideline. That's a great answer because that's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say, it's all about the energy and the momentum and I use the term collective experience a lot, but we're both working on things together and we're both working on improving ourselves and we're both excited about our progress, but we could also use encouragement from the other on this isn't going quite as well as I thought, or this wasn't quite what I expected. Mm -hmm. And we need the outside perspective and insight and someone to be like, so how is that thing going that maybe you haven't looked at in a while? So yeah, I think that's absolutely it. 
yeah, it's that reminder of who you are as a person and how much fun it is to keep trying to work on your goals and Right. And to be inspired and motivated to me, it brings back some of that fresh start energy. And it's of course not fresh start energy, but it's, I don't know, it's just like a shot in the arm. Yes. Yes. This is why I'm doing what I'm doing. You get the high of seeing what someone else has accomplished along with sharing what you've accomplished and you get to double down on the things that you have left that you still want to accomplish. Yeah, I agree. That's why I love accountability so much. And then there is to the element of please text me tomorrow to make sure I did XYZ thing or XYZ thing just happened. Am I crazy? Is it okay? Do you think if I do this, can I change the standard here or help me establish what the standard should be? Just those kinds of things. And it keeps me from ever having to worry about my, my laziness or my ability mm. to make excuses, just taking over a habit, just me feeling maybe I don't really have to do this habit because no one will know if mm. I drop it or I can change this standard for myself. Or if I do make an adjustment, I have to like really substantiate that this is the adjustment that I need to be making. And Jordan Peterson recommends if you ever change a goal for yourself, that's okay, but you should be changing it to something that's equally as hard or harder. So you're always pushing yourself to the same degree. And I think that having an accountability partner helps with that. Well, and that kind of goes back to the whole, like changing the goal idea of, are you doing it to let yourself off the hook or to carry out the same ultimate end of bettering yourself or in my case, to have a fun time, add some enjoyment (laughs) into life. Yeah. And that's a great perspective to that. So I have to ask though, what has been your biggest win this year or what are you most proud of? Which of the things you shared that makes you the most excited? I think what makes me the most excited is seeing my mind change in areas like working out and giving Mm. myself more grace when it comes to sleeping and just recognizing how much I put my body through and treating it with appreciation and care instead of frustration or impatience that it's just not doing what I want it to do, Mm -hmm. or it's not waking up or needing less sleep or whatever. I think that shift has been the thing I'm most excited about because I know it's just going to set the stage for being able to grow in some of these habits and reach goals that have been more difficult to reach with a mindset where I'm really hard on myself or I'm overly perfectionistic, which is one of the biggest goals this year was to tweak how I approach my habits to work harder on them in a less perfectionistic way. And I think that's pretty natural because a lot of people have that all or nothing mindset of I'm either doing all my goals all the time, or I'm doing this one goal all the time, or basically I'm not. And even what I do doesn't really count because I'm not doing it as much as I think I should. Right. And instead finding what the middle ground there, is that really the mindset you want? Is that really helping you? Probably not. So how can we shift that and what can we do to get you doing the things that you want to do or less of the things you don't want to do? And somewhere in the middle of all of that is becoming the person you want to be and achieving the things that you want to. Okay. I also want to ask you what advice you have for someone who is like now at the halfway point of the year, and maybe they haven't started on their goals or they haven't made as much progress as they wanted to. They're feeling unmotivated. Just want to throw up their hands be like, none of this matters anyway. Why am I doing this? Like, it's all hopeless. What advice do you have for someone like that? My advice is to keep trying. That is sounds so basic, but I felt like it was a bit of a revelation to me a couple months ago as I was thinking about it, just appreciating what a difference keeping on trying was making mm. and not like feeling like I was having to start over or anything like that, but just like keeping on moving in that direction that I wanted to go and seeing that as like the overall goal. 
I think has been the most encouraging to me this year. And I'm someone who really has not had a lot of success with habit goals because like I was just saying, I beat myself up a lot about them. So just keep on trying and give yourself the freedom to just have fun and keep on trying. We were talking about that the other day because I was mentioning going to the gym and how there's all these body standards and fitness standards or like you should do this kind of exercise or that kind of exercise. Mm -hmm. And I just have to throw all that out the window because I'm not particularly interested in any of that. And I just instead stay focused on the reminder of I'm going to the gym or working out because that's what I want to do. And ultimately I know there's not going to be no effect of putting in the time at the gym. I don't necessarily know what it's going to be or that I'll ever reach some, I don't know, hypothetical body standard or whatever, but there's not going to be no effect of the work that I'm doing or the extra sleep that I'm getting or the healthy food that I'm eating or the things that I'm reading. And so that's another twist on that. Just keep going because it's not going to be for nothing. There is going to be some benefit to your mind or body or mindset along the way. It's inevitable. Mm-hmm. And it's a big step to whatever goal might be in the background that you are trying to reach. And it's like what you were talking about, even if for some reason, like you didn't get through 26 books this year or 40 books, mm-hmm. it's not that you got through none. Even if you got through 38 out of 40, that's amazing. You got through 38 books that you read and consumed information and grew your brain or enjoyed the story. All the vitamins you take, like those are vitamins that are helping your body. Even if you didn't take all of them every day mm-hmm. or reading your Bible or praying or learning German, all of that is, it's not, you've either done it or you haven't. All of the instances of all of it count. And that kind of goes along with something else I've been thinking of that's related. And that was not underestimating what you can accomplish in five years. Mm. I was hearing somebody, I don't remember who it was or where it was, or even if they put it this way, or if it was just my thought, but we can sometimes overestimate what we can accomplish in a year and underestimate what we can accomplish in five. Mm. So for example, like that reading habit, it was really hard for me to reach 26 books for the first couple years, but I wanted reading to be a habit in my life. So by still just putting in the time and trying to make it a habit. Here we are three, four years down the road and it's become that habit where it's easy and I don't have to think about it as much anymore. So I think that's really encouraging sometimes is that even if you are working on a habit or you're working on a goal and you don't quite get there, but you keep on trying, then that can become a part of your life as the years roll on. That's hilarious too, because five, okay, six years ago now, right before I started college, I created this reading list And it was titled reading list by 2021. And it was probably, it was only like 80 to hundred books that I wanted to read before 2021. And I came back to it occasionally over the years. Mm -hmm. And I remember initially being like, this is a lot of books to get through and a lot of big books to get through. And now of course, by 2021, I'd read six or 700 books in that time, as opposed to whatever 80 I'd put on the list. But what's also interesting to me is that of the 80, I read very few because actually I was not interested in many of them or my interests had changed or someone had recommended them, but actually the book didn't sound that good. So it was this list of things I should read or should be interested in reading as opposed to that's not me. I actually have no interest in those things. Mm -hmm. And so it's not just about what you can accomplish, but it's also, I think about the person you can become in a year or five years Mm -hmm. and through the process of achieving anything. Cause that's ultimately what it's all about, right? You don't just want to be a person who reads and takes vitamins and does German and makes their bed every day. Like you want to be someone who is organized and put together, who knows things about topics that interest you and who's healthy and takes care of themselves and can converse in German. That's the person you want to be through Mm -hmm. doing all of those things. And I think that's a subtle, but profound shift so much in our Western modern world, we think of people and we think of ourselves and we define ourselves in the boxes of our achievements. If you were to write 
a summary about yourself for like the end of a magazine article or something like that. We sum ourselves up. These are like the things we are because these are our achievements we've gotten, the degree and the life experiences mm. and the family we have. So it's much more focused on accomplishments versus being who you are, like what we've done versus who you are. Mm -hmm. And obviously those things are so connected, but being able to more so lean into being that person or being the person that you are versus being the person who has done these certain things is just a much healthier and holistic way of living. Like I said, it's really subtle, but it's profound when you can start to mm -hmm. soak into your mindset. See, and when you have an accountability partner, you can have conversations like this. <laughs> That's another added benefit of the whole idea. <laughs> Heidi, thank you so much for coming on the podcast again to share about your goals, for giving us this glimpse into your life, for putting up with me and all of my goals and my justifications and explanations and all the things. Before we close though, I do want to ask you the normal stuff that I talk about at the end of an episode. What book are you currently reading and something that we can toast with you? Okay. Book I'm currently reading is your book. Mm, yes. Very much enjoying your book. I am also reading The Princess Bride to my younger siblings, which has been so much fun. Yeah. That's a great one. I love that book. And movie, of course. Yes. And the movie, of course. And the music, of course. Yeah. Yes. All the things. Okay. And then what is a win that we can toast with you? There's one win that I didn't put on my habits list because I thought of it right after our accountability conversation at the beginning of the year. I remembered something that I really wanted to have added along with the whole faithfulness vein was being faithful with my writing. Mm -hmm. I have always loved writing. I have envisioned myself as an author since I was like a tiny little six-year-old and I've always wanted to at least like be practicing it or using what opportunities I can to keep practicing it. I don't really have a particular goal, which I think is why it's hard hmm. to do anything with it. So I wanted to be faithful with my writing this year. And so one way that I decided to do that was my college offered a competition for some scholarship help. And I thought, why not? This will give me writing practice. So I did that with your encouragement. And it was so good to be writing again and back in that frame of mind and putting thoughts together and articulating ideas and editing. I love editing. And I did get some scholarship help. It was so helpful and meaningful and cool, but also just trying to be faithful with my writing, I think would be something I wanted to mention. Yeah. Well, that's the win, but the secondary part of the win is winning the essay contest. That's <laughs> another part that we have to toast. I remember you texting me. That was such an exciting moment. Of course, I never doubted that you were going to win, especially as you like talked to me about the topic and the ideas and how you were fitting them together. So I never doubted your inevitable success there either. So we're definitely toasting all of that with you. But again, that's a perfect example of Yes, you won. And yes, that's great. But to you, the more important value is being a writer and conveying your ideas in that way and how you can continue yeah. to do so and how this was just a means by which you could better do that. Okay. Thank you again, Heidi, for coming on the podcast. And we will be hearing from you at the end of the year. And again, before that, we can't share too much about that yet, but you will be back before too long. So this is just like ta-ta for now, not goodbye forever. <laughs> but thanks again, Heidi. And I look forward to having you back on the podcast very soon. Thanks so much for having me, Carly. This was loads of fun as always. And that's a wrap on my interview with my sweet friend, Heidi. I cannot wait to have her back on the podcast to talk about our goals again and everything else. But until then, keep working on your goals, check in with your accountability partners and keep becoming the person that you want to be. And with that, 
Thanks for tuning into the Resolve Podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Carly Tizano. I would love to connect with you. Don't forget to rate and review. It really helps other people find the show. And subscribe if you haven't already so that you don't miss another great episode next week. For the show notes or additional support in reaching your goals, check out carlytizano.com. Until next time, here's to all that lies ahead.